Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. We are talking about battles frontline. And one thing we have constantly stressed on is the discipline of war. We have talked about obedience, following orders, pillage, following strategies. And we have said that God sometimes gives us unique solutions because he's a personal God and he understands us in a personal way. And we said on day five, that is last Friday of this series, that war is an art of method and discipline. Today, I want us to look at another concept called strategic patience or purposeful in action. Yeah, I said that right, in action. We said yesterday that some strategies might work for some situation and for some people, but there are situations that demand a different approach. You know, there is no such thing as one approach fits all in battle. War is about methods and decisions. Sometimes being decisive doesn't always mean being swift. Sometimes you need to study a situation and reflect on what needs to be done. You weigh out your options, you think about the possible outcomes, and adjust your approach. This is the art of war. And today, as we continue to look at the wars, victories, and losses of the Israelites under the command of Joshua, we will see why sometimes a change of strategy is important, even for us as believers. We are going to read from Joshua chapter 10, verse 1 to 15. And the Bible says, Adonizeki, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. He also learned that the Gibeonites had made peace with Israel and were now their allies. He and his people became very afraid when they heard all this because Gibeon was a large town, as large as the loyal cities and larger than I. And the Gibeonites were strong warriors. So King Adonizeki of Jerusalem sent messages to several other kings, Hoham of Hebron, Piram of Jamuth, Japhia of Lachish, and Debir of Eglon. Come and help me destroy Gibeon, he urged them, for they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messages to Joshua and at, at his camp in Gilgal. Don't abandon your servants now, they pleaded. Come at once, save us, help us. For all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. 
Then the army, the, the Israelites chased the enemy along the road of Beth Horon, killing them along the way to Azekah and Makeda. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Bethoholan, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm, hailstorm from the heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave on that on that day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites. Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, "Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon." So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in the place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemy. Is this event not recorded in the book of Joshua? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this, one before or since, when the Lord answered such a prayer. Surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Wow. It sounds like an action movie. What a reading today. Yep. You see, at this time, the Israelites had already been in the land of Canaan for a good while. They have conquered Jericho. They had taken over Ai and Gibeon. There is a chapter we have skipped. I urge you to just go read about it. Gibeon had surrendered and submitted to them. They became their woodcutters and carriers of water. They became their servants. You can find that in the chapter we have skipped. And they had made quite an impression for themselves. And so the king of Jerusalem had a reason to be alarmed. He knew they were soon coming for his kingdom. These were instruments of God's judgment headed straight for him. But King Adonizek, in his fear, rather than surrender in submission to the greatness of the God of Israel, he organized the other kings in rebellion. He organized them to launch even more bold attacks on the army of Israel. But we see that Joshua did not rush to attack these kings. He must have known that they were rallying their forces to attack them. And perhaps there might have been some, some among the Israelites who wondered why Joshua did order them into battle right away. Why they stood by as their enemies were planning their attack. But Joshua did not make haste. He knew they would have Canaan because the Lord had promised them, as it is written in Exodus 23, verse 30. The Bible says, By little and little I will drive them out before thee until you have increased and inherit the land. Israel had learned to wait upon the Lord. They had come to terms with their dependence on God. By waiting, they acknowledged God's sovereign control. So they refrained from needless fear and worry. They knew that the Lord would rescue them. They knew they could wait for his salvation. And because the Gibeonites were enjoined with Israel on the basis of their covenant, they cried out for help, reached out to their helpers. They were not too proud to ask for the help of their protectors. These were the people who had made peace with God 
and joined his people. But their former friends had suddenly become their foes, their enemies. And Joshua was not going to forsake them. He was not going to go back on his vow. In as much as that vow <laughs> came about through deception, no. And so the Bible says that he ascended from Gilgal. He took all the men of war with him, all the mighty men of Verla. He set out with great energy, with dedication and a sense of honor to defend one of his own, to defend the honor of a covenant. And how much more should we do the same to the most feeble among us? How much more must we not stand by as the weak among us are slain when we can prevent it, when we can protect them? And so the word of the Lord says that when a confederation of the five kings was gathered against them and their allies, the Lord commanded Joshua, do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. You know, fear takes away our strength. It strips us of our ability to fight. And so the Lord commanded Joshua not to fear. And he doesn't just give that command and leave Joshua with nothing else to go on. The Lord gives him a reason why he should not fear. He gives him a promise that he shall win the war. That the Lord knows how the battle shall end. Joshua had to believe that the Lord will fulfill his promise. And so with this assurance, Joshua rose and marched from Gilgal to Gibeon. He marched all night long. He was willing to take the initiative to partner with God in his work. And because Joshua was willing to be drawn by God into his work, something phenomenal was, what was achieved. Something that could not have been mistaken to be something else other than a miracle. Their enemy was slain by a hailstorm. Wow. And I think witnessing the hand of God at work must have inspired such boldness in Joshua because we see him asking for something more. His faith was lifted so high that he believed greater things were possible and he went for it. He asked the Lord to keep the day going, to keep the sun from setting until their victory was accomplished. He could have asked the Lord to end the war. He could have asked the Lord for the surrender of the enemy. But Joshua asked for a fighting chance. He asked for an opportunity to prove that indeed God had delivered Canaan into his hands. He asked that God's work would continue without any hindrance, that they would fight and triumph and God's name would be glorified. He was willing to execute his resolve and God assisted him in its execution. He showed faith and the Lord crowned it with the miraculous arrest of the day. And by this victorious proclamation, all the neighboring nation indeed knew that God was walking with Israel. This is my prayer and my declaration for you today. May the Lord give you the grace to be patient until when it is time to take action. May he give you the grace to wait for his timing. A little at a time, he says, until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. Know today that you can wait upon the Lord. 
Know today that you can count on his salvation. I pray today that you may learn to fight for those in the covenant of the blood of Christ with you with the same dedication and honor that you fight your own battles with. That you may not stand by as a brother is brought down on account of their faith. That you may not stand by and watch as a sister is brought to humiliation on account of their faith. May we learn to fight for and protect the feeble among us in Jesus' name. May you receive the assurance today that the Lord knows how the battle you are in shall end. Do not fear for he fights for you. Open your heart so that the Lord may draw you into his work. May the Lord give you a fighting chance. May he give you a chance to fight and triumph until your victory becomes a proclamation by itself that the Lord walks with you. May the Lord crown your faith with victory in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights and this is Battles Frontline Day 10. Thank you for your continued support and encouragement to the making of the daily insights. Reaching an average of 60 people a day with over 10,000 total plays. I invite you to partner with us by supporting this podcast through monthly or one-time donation. Your contribution will be used to sustain the episode subscription and hosting platform. My goal is to inspire and share insightful messages in our generation, empowering one person at a time each day to continue serving the purposes of God in our generation. Your support is highly appreciated. Click that support button now and give your support. You can support with $1, $5, or as much as you are able to give blessings.